This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society. All right, y'all. It's time. It's time to start breaking normal. And I say that I, I understand that we've been breaking normal, but it's time to continue it because nothing happens twice. I'm here with Holly Miley, <laughs> and she has a website, Anima Flow. Anima Flow. Anima Flow. And before we dive into the story of who you are, why don't we explore the story of how we know each other? Uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> I, I don't know if you feel inclined to tell your version. I'm happy to explore mine. But how did you? How do you think you ended up here right mm, now? So many things brought me here right now. Um, well, Daniel and I met at a creek. <laughs> that one of that we will not name names. Um, since it's sort of a, a local secret here in Sedona. Um, and I was told about this creek from another friend that I believe you interviewed. So there was a ton of synchronicity there. But then when I met you, you informed me that I heard you, I literally heard, just heard you say Roaring Fork Valley. And I was like, oh, that's kind of strange. There's a guy here from the Roaring Fork Valley and there's about three people here. <laughs> so it turns out that Daniel was in Glenwood Springs and I've been living in Aspen and Basalt area, Roaring Fork Valley for the last 18 years and just recently relocated to Sedona in February and decided in about May to launch my business here and relocate. Wow. Yeah. I, I, for you and others, I don't know if podcasts have subtitles, but for the Breaking Normal subtitle for the Breaking Normal podcast would be uh, where the synchronicity is the schedule. Love that. And upload and new episodes almost every Sunday and Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> but synchronicity is definitely the schedule here. And that yeah. synchronicity seems to revolve around springs. Mm, and Sedona. Yeah, and Sedona. Sedona has that powerfully. Do you have any theories about that? I have I, I a few. Okay, I'd love to just let's let's go into that okay. a little bit. What are a few of the theories? How why is why are springs and or Sedona extra seems like synchronicity is extra strong? Mm. I think with Sedona, it's um, there's multiple things going on. First of all, the history of this land, as far as the people that have been here, is very deep and very old. So I think that just the energy of the amount of people that have lived here has left an imprint. Um, I I have a personal theory that there is a ripple in time here, and I've I've physically witnessed it myself a couple of times where I've seen things that don't belong in this time era. So my personal theory is that there's multiple times happening simultaneously. And every once in a while, it's more glitchy here where where one layer of time and another layer of time suddenly end up in the same place for a second and and people see it. So I think that there's, and, and, you know, I mean, the people talk about the vortexes. So sure, yes, there's a ton of electromagnetic energy here. There's the ley lines that run under the earth here. But there's definitely um, a power here that I have not felt elsewhere. Yeah, that's right. So a previous guest, I, yeah, at this point it will be a previous guest, although um, it hasn't come out yet in real time. Okay. Interestingly <laughs> enough. Yeah. Adam DeViro, oh, okay. the acupuncture yeah. dude. Yeah, the acupuncture dude, yeah. <laughs> he, I was asking him about his experience of fairies, mm. and he was explaining it. What I remember is like they make themselves known real quickly. But not like it's like that's it, that's it for him. Like a little, like maybe a little splash. And mm-hmm. then la- the next night, which was yesterday, <laughs> with Josh, <laughs> yeah, right? 
<laughs> I thought I was seeing things. I was like, man. You saw. And there was definitely many hummingbirds doing mm. weird things. Like, that mm-hmm. was the obvious one. But then there was this other things that I was like, what the F- what? I'm like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Am I <laughs> seeing what I'm looking for based on last what night's you story? Or what? And, and what's the difference? Anyways. Right. And then you have to wonder, like, does that exist everywhere? And here you've become more open to it or or not. But I, I in my personal experience, I definitely see a lot of light energy here. I see things a lot and I feel a lot. Well, it seems like your your ultra spiritual <laughs> senses are definitely lit up and that might be also having something to do with you hanging out with spring water or being attracted mm. to it. I'm mm-hmm. not sure which one about that. Do you have anything to say about spring water by any chance? I'm a, I'm a connoisseur. You're a connoisseur. Okay. For me, the springs are kind of a new thing for me here. I've never spent a summer here and they've been a saving grace for me, like on a physical level. But they're definitely the land of the fairies down there. There's no doubt when you go down there, you feel like you're in Hawaii. And I'm and, and I mean springs in general as well. Mm. So like if there were springs in Colorado you visited, I know there's there's many springs Lots in that area. Springs. Yeah, like anytime where water's springing from the earth, mm-hmm. that's a um, a big deal in me. A portal. I almost sometimes feel like I'm like if I was if I was an iPhone. That would be like my charger. I'm like, oh, <laughs> mm. I, gotta get, I gotta get like my program mm-hmm. updated here mm-hmm. real quick while I'm here. Yeah, love that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, definitely one thing that is on my heart and mind before we even uh, began this, and it's definitely a frequency I'm excited to explore. But this idea of women, uh, women's empower, like breaking normal for women's empowerment. And when I met you, like there was so much synchronicity, and then I found mm-hmm. out that you are passionate about pole dancing, that uh, a massage therapist, and into like a very breaking normal description of a movement, movement. art or an art of movement. Yeah. And, uh, and, um, and it all seems like, especially the pole dancing one, mm-hmm. because I imagine that's just a very empowering act, um, especially for women today in this culture that you know, a lot of people find themselves in. Yeah. And I'd love, I don't know how long you've been doing it. I remember you said quite a time. Yeah. I'd love to know. My history. Like, I, I could probably talk about surfing in a, in a way that I'm not sure how to, to describe it, but it's super meaningful to me. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm inviting you to explore how is pole dancing meaningful to you? Mm. And, and would other people benefit from considering it? Yes, yes, and yes. So in 2006, I bought a house and I bought myself a pole as a housewarming gift. <laughs> I'd been in the movement arts world. I grew up as a classically trained ballerina and a gymnast. So that was my background and then started teaching fitness classes when I was about 18 years old. I started teaching dance when I was 12. Um, and then I had always been kind of fascinated by a pole. Just to me, it was like a gymnast apparatus. And so I bought one for my house as a housewarming gift to myself. and instantly saw how difficult it was it looks when it's done well it looks very effortless but um and within a few months I started teaching um and and back then we call this the dark days of pole this was in 2006 um we all wore high heels there weren't any pole dancing specific clothes so we wore underwear or thongs like very little because you have to stick to the pole And as from a fitness standpoint, I thought this is going to be great. People are going to love it. And what I started noticing was there was something, something else going on in the classroom. Women were, we were forced by the nature of the pole and it being that we needed to stick to be in very little amount of clothing. 
we were all kind of writhing around the, f- dark, the floor in a dark room with sexy music playing. And there was just this amazing bonding happening in the room. And then I saw women like really blossoming and carrying this out into their everyday life. So in the classroom, like I was a full-time real estate broker at the time and I had attorneys in my class. I had teacher, school teachers and nurses and all these like PTA mothers, you know, coming to my class and in the class they could be anything they want. And, you know, our society, we're, we're in such a volatile time with masculine toxic masculinity femininity toxic femininity and and where do we go from here right so I felt I feel that the pole dance classroom gives space for all the aspects of femininity that have been pushed down choked out you know, reprimanded, all the times we've been told to be good girls, you know, cross your legs, all these messages that we have received as women for so long. Then you step into this classroom and it's like, stick your butt out, dance as dirty, sexy, whatever as you want and everything, anything goes. And there is just such a, a power that comes with that, especially because we're not on a stage doing this for money. You know, it's not like in a club, it's a different environment. Um, and, and I have no problem with that either. Um, but there is such a beautiful strength and freedom that comes through in a class and that's what's kept me teaching it for 12 years 13 (laughs) wow it's pretty amazing because uh i'm very inspired by what you're describing Mm. and i can tell that it's very meaningful to Mm. you so thank you for going there and (laughs) taking me up on my invitation Yeah, like so we we've experimented with polarity type of workshops at our retreats where we split the men and women up. Yeah. And last time I felt like I really tapped into something with the men that was very mm. rough and uh physical and rough okay. and, and empowering and edgy and very important for men. Like the, the s- yeah, it was like the men only seemed to create a unique container. If yeah. there was a woman there it would be different for yep. whatever. Totally. I, however judgmental someone wants to get about mm-hmm. that. I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I I, but most of the stuff what I do, I, I aim to include everyone, but there is something unique. And I don't know if you do your pole dancing is for only women. You know, that's a great question. I, uh, it used to be that I only offered it to women, but, um, and I since went to offer some co-ed classes because men in pole dancing has become a, a big thing. However, I, and I hate saying this cause I know it, in, in the community, this gets chastised in my community, this gets chastised a little bit, but there is something different that happens when it's only women. I yeah, bet. There is I a, bet. <laughs> there is um, an energy that is changed when there is a man in the room. Um, even when, even though the men that mo- most of the men that come to pole are super respectful and not, you know, it, doing anything to make anyone uncomfortable, it's just a different energy. Yeah, and that's obviously a, that sounds like an experience in itself. Like I think a co-ed <laughs> yeah. pole dancing class might be a very illuminating experience for me mm-hmm. and for many people. So that's intriguing in itself, and I I resonate that yeah, there's something about that. Yeah. So, anyways, I I felt like I tapped into this brilliant experience for men only, and it seemed a soup like some people had some breakthroughs, including my brother. Mm, so that was a beautiful. big deal. My brother is like my best friend. And then I'm thinking, like, oh, this is doing a poll. Like, for the women, if we were going to do, like, one workshop for women only, yes. I'm like, man, this one all of a sudden caught my attention. Yeah. This sounds very amazing. Amazing. Uh, like, I would, I would lo- I'm excited for Deanna to hear this and see what her response is. But I bet she'll be like, yeah, let's do it. 
Yeah, it's it's a it's a beautiful thing, and, and groups of women coming together, it really levels out the playing field too. As far as like what I see as well is that everyone is beautiful. Like all these women come together, and you can see and find beauty in every single person in that class. Where again, we're bombarded with images of what feminine beauty looks like, and when you're stripped down to like your underwear, <laughs> dancing around a pole. It's still beautiful because it's natural to women to move in a sensual way. You know, and that's another part of most of our fitness these days. And, and I'm a fitness kind of sore, so I, I love it all. But CrossFit, like there is nothing feminine about doing CrossFit. Nothing in CrossFit is going to make, make you feel sexy per se. Whereas when you're doing undulations with the pole, you feel feminine and sexy. And that's a comment I hear out of women's mouths over and over again. As well, this feels so good in my body. Oh yeah, I I love what you're saying for sure, and it, I, I definitely one of the, my interests about this podcast, and I remembered this future in the past that's happening now <laughs> okay. was me sharing a story. I realized I think I know where the roots of breaking normal are birthed, mm. and it took me a while to potentially. This seems like one of the major springs of it. Okay. In college, I would not I would not judge myself to be a great student. I was a, a great person, <laughs> but like, like if you're going to judge someone, like how they study, I, yeah, it was not the, not the normally praised way, but mm. I still pulled things off in miraculous ways. Okay. But one thing I did really good as a student was my sociology class, mm. um, which was, a, I was, I majored in biology pre-med. So mm. this was a, one of my like alternatives that I had to take or something like that. And I, and I, that was like, oh, I'll take sociology for sure. And the one we were so the big test, the big performance of the whole class was to write a paper on breaking social norms. Ooh, <laughs> and and that I, I did. And this is where this is ties into this. Yes. I went to a strip club and the um, I asked I, I paid for a lap dance mm -hmm. and instead of doing or a pole dance, instead of doing that, I, I kept in um, and. And sit like uh, what was the word? <laughs> I was pretty vigilant that we were gonna sit down and have a talk instead. Oh, okay. I just wanted and to I, talk. Yeah, uh, that's okay. it. That's what I was paying for. Yeah. And um, it was, and that's why I wrote my paper about about how you wanted to go to a strip yeah, club like, and speak to a strip club. And then the whole experience, like the okay. whole conversation, okay. the whole thing. And then I got like a hundred and my sociology teacher wow. was like, you are, this is amazing. Like <laughs> she, I was so affirmed. It was like the first time I was like the star student mm. in a while. <laughs> and I realized when I thought about interviewing, I was like, oh, that's probably, that's probably where breaking normal in a like book format. That may have been the first seed planted mm. for that in a while. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. And I, I would love to know what you think, like what that brings up. What You mentioned the difference between pole dancing and dancing at a club. Not that you have again, one against the other, but what no. is the difference in your... And I support both. Um, in a strip club, you know, women are... It's, it, 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 it's a sales game, right? Um, and so the women are there trying to make money and the men are paying for a service and sometimes that service is conversation you know it's not necessarily a lap dance um I, you know i do a lot of public performing um, i spent a lot of time in aspen doing uh like event performance on pole and i felt talk about social norms you know i felt part of my role by choosing this path was to educate people 
that pole can be an art form and it's not that it can't be in a strip club because it can but um so these public performances you know were for some of the million and billionaires of aspen <laughs> and as crazy as it sounds i would walk into these parties like with 80 year olds thinking oh my god i'm about to dance in my little teeny tiny bikini for these people what are they gonna think and and at the end they would all just be totally wowed and come up to me and give me such beautiful feedback about what they saw and it wasn't it's still sexy like i you know one thing that we went in the early days of pole what we tried to do was pull the sex appeal out of it we stopped wearing shoes we wore bigger clothes and we all tried to as an industry you know have people take us seriously and there has been in the industry a huge backlash against that now where we've gone so far to the extreme in the other way we're wearing bigger high heels less clothes <laughs> um and legitimate pole dancers like ones that are in Cirque du Soleil you know are sometimes choosing to dance topless you know and, and on a stage in a theater it's a it's a different it's it's definitely a different environment even at a party it's a different environment nobody I never allow people to tip me like you know or touch me it's like that's not part of my gig but um it's, uh, you know, s as far as social, going back to social norms, um, I love showing people that it can't be something else, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the stigma of the strip club doesn't have to be what it is now. Yeah, like, yeah, I imagine <laughs> what I'm thinking right now is that uh, stripping, like uh, me, uh, stripping might be one of the healthiest exercises I can do. Mm. Actually, I'm thinking of how activating that must be, especially if my sexual energy is activated, yeah. adrenaline's activated. It's maybe very empowering. My ego's activated, maybe. <laughs> yeah. it all being activated and like going all in on a performance. Yeah, I bet that, firstly, I bet that the idea of someone else doing that, most people would be really terrified, terrified. or something, a, a lot would come up terrified. about that. Yeah. So that probably filters out most of the people. Yeah. But I'm imagining just as I'm thinking more and more in this topic, I'm like that sounds like a great exercise. It it can be. It depends on the person. Yeah. But um and even just dancing on st on stage in front of people for me personally because I've been a performer my whole life, it's super empowering and super um uh, like I love feeding off the energy of the people. Like that's what live performance is for me. But but stripping um, you know, for me, it, stripping is like uh, in a one-on-one -on -one setting is about the only time I'll ever strip like that. But it's super empowering, and it's and it is terrifying. It, it's terrifying for most people. I've coached a lot of my students. I've coached a lot of my students through this in their marriages and things like that. And it's like I have to coach them through the playlist, the outfit, wow. you know, the whole <laughs> the whole thing. But it's you know they do it and they're like, oh my god, that was like you know it, it allows a space for us to be something that maybe is like a dormant part of us. Because I think in most of us there is a piece that wants to be seen in a sexual sexy light mm -hmm. and that is for most women that's a terrifying part because there's too much danger associated with that and for men i think it's just like they don't know what to do with that part it's sort of like yeah yeah I'm, I'm i'm going up the rabbit trail in my mind right now all kinds of ideas and the idea of mm. being on stage how yeah. empowering oh my god and it's, it's we live in a crazy time. This is like a personal theory I've been exploring for a while that like the Brad Pitts and Tom Cruises mm -hmm. and Penelope Cruises and Salma Hayek's and whoever it is, 
they were like stars in a time before social media was at the stage yeah. it is now. Um, they were one of the they were the few percentage of the population that was taking advantage of being like seen mm. and being seen mm-hmm. and by the while they go all in on a performance on a, per- on a yeah and on a role that like that is that that I don't know what happened first like did their fame and their vibrancy happen mm. first or did their vibrancy happen because they were committed to that mm. and now with the social media and everything being available like anyone can do this and anyone can put themselves out there anyone at all time and they yeah. can make it they don't have to undermine it they can go someone can go yeah. all in right now very easily and like show off whatever it is their speaking skills their comedy skills their sexy skills their dancing skills whatever it is mm-hmm. and that's uh i bet that we're in a convicting time i'd say because there's so much possible there is so much possible excuses seem almost like outdated <laughs> well like typical typical excuses right for me anyways i'm like yeah i could do that i can do that what do I can do all these things. What do I do? So next we're going to see you strip. Is that what you're saying? I, I maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I think stripping, singing. Singing is another yeah. one. Singing is another one. Singing sounds like very edgy. Uh, fighting, but that's another type of edginess. That's, there's a physical danger involved yeah. there. All the, the other arts, there's not yeah. really. Not more than anything else. Um, I found that performing publicly too and even teaching – really changed my relationship to my own body. Uh, I grew up, you know, as I mentioned, um, as a trained ballerina. And I mean, I can remember being about 12 years old and my teacher telling me I couldn't run track because my thighs would get too big. Like it was kind of that kind of conditioning of like, you have to be really skinny, you know, to be a ballerina. And yeah, so high level ballet sounds oh, so terrible. Dog- like I've heard it's, snippets. Yeah. I'm like, how dogmatic is that culture? It, it's Man. terrible. <laughs> And so I grew up with a lot of body image issues around that and just from my um, from my mother's side of the family. And I felt like when in the pole world, you have to be strong to be, you know, at an elite level. And, and I was a competitive pole dancer for about five years. And at that point, you know, you getting on stage in very little clothes, but I stopped caring about what my body looked like so much as the shapes I was making and what it was capable of. And I see that a lot in my class. And pole will naturally make you stronger. If you commit to it, your your body will totally transform. Yeah, I've uh, I've experimented with like different calisthenics. And yeah. at one point, I, I'm, I've gotten better in some things, but I think I've let in other things slide a little mm-hmm. bit. And one of the things I was doing at one point was like a flagpole. Yeah, the fl- right, the flag. That's the move every guy wants to do. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, this looks so ridiculous. Like, so you could do it. I could do it, okay. and I, think yeah, I, and I can. Type, I can yeah. do it, and I, I got, I want to get back into. It. I was, it was getting, it was. What I'm, my point is, it's, it was so challenging. So it was challenging. like, I've done one another challenging thing. A challenging thing I've done is a one arm pull up. Mm. These two are in very similar categories. Very similar. I'm like, mm. I don't know which one's harder. It depends how I feel. Yeah. For me, for me, I don't know which one's harder. It depends on the day. Yeah. But they were like kind of scary, challenging when I would do them. And I imagine technique. I like I imagine that would be one of the benefits of me learning about pole dancing yeah. is that I would learn how to do these movements. They are so ch- in the past maybe more challenging and very empowering. Very because that was yeah doing a flagpole. I felt very strong. Oh my afterwards. god, it's so strong because <laughs> it's so many muscles and in your activating if you if you've ever done gymnastics it's similar obviously but if you've never moved like that you're using deep deep muscles that you probably don't use if you're just doing bicep curls at the gym 
you know, and there's and there are a whole series of one arm hang movements that on the pole, and it's so hard. even the grip strength is is usually the first thing to go for me is the grip strength. Wow. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's. I mean, if you want a ripped body, <laughs> commit to pole dancing, <laughs> and and you know, there is proven studies that dance and pole is such a great example of this um, will actually improve brain function through building new neural pathways because every time you learn a new trick it's like playing twister and your brain is like it's so um it's a, it's against the any instinct that you would have right like let's throw our head towards the floor while letting go of the pole like instinctually <laughs> you're not going to do that right so you literally have to train your brain to do things that are not natural um and so they do say that pole dancing makes you smarter <laughs> i believe it oh that yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that's another thing that i i've always <laughs> This is a whole other category, <laughs> but with my con- back to the conversation with the stripper, and then knowing what goes on at strip clubs, and then knowing also like I've lived in Costa Rica for spouts, and like uh, prostitution is very much more normalized, and it's not like uh, just standing at this sh- street. It's like they go in with. Mm. It's like you uh, not in my opinion. I've met uh, prostitutes in Costa Rica where I felt like I I could have paid them any amount, and I may have not. This wow. may have not worked okay. out. Um, I know this because I was a, I was interested in dating one, and I found out she was she was a prostitute, and that was a bit of a shocker. It was a very wow. shocker okay. Cause, because the taxi driver wanted to pay for it, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like wow. I was going on a date. You want to pay for this date? And I was like, "What is going? What did I get myself into?" Anyways, um, <laughs> now who's over revealing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we just, I actually stopped that. I extra ride back, so that date didn't happen when I when I saw what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but what it reminds me of that that in the strip club and if there's any skills that uh, po- someone that's pole dancing that's not stripping just pole dancing for the art of it and for yeah. the health of it I advance I, I judge those people that are doing you judge them to be smarter potentially or you know maybe pole dancing makes you smarter I feel like some of the most socially advanced people I mm. ever met work in that that were work are strippers Interesting. basically okay like the most socially like there is huh. they are sharp as a tack socially it's well because it's a psychological game. I think if you're, I think a, str- a good stripper knows how to use psychology. Yeah, I agree. To make money. I agree, and they so happen to be pole dancing simultaneously, yeah. which who knows how much is that catalyzing their ability to be this psychological. Right, right, sharp. right, right. Okay, I see what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. I'm always impressed when I go to the strip club and I actually see girls doing tricks on the pole because a lot of them, you know, lap dancing is where they make their money. So there's not always tricks happening yeah yeah <laughs> i talk about i haven't been to a strip club in a long time but they are fascinating social like a great place to write a, write a paper about breaking social oh. norms <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and just human psychology in general yeah 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 it's such a fascinating topic and then on the your personal brand and i don't know if it incorporates like the personal movement I, mm-hmm. i'm i'm more i want to learn more about this so i understand what is going on with anima flow with anima flow okay anima flow. so Anima, meaning soul in Latin. Um, I decided to kind of take all my years of movement and add a hands-on piece to it. And part of why I wanted to add that hands-on piece was I was receiving a bunch of myofascial release work, and I saw how much it was affecting and allowing me to release a lot of stored trauma. I don't know if you've ever received that type of work. Um, It's kind of big here in Sedona because the... One of the main teachers lives here. 
cool. Of, of and this work. I, I'm uh, familiar with it mentally, but not as much physically. Like okay. I've, I've heard about it and learned about it, but I have okay. not done many sessions actually. So okay. sounds like this might be the place to explore yeah. it. So I was inspired to add the hands-on piece because I, I, I thought I can access people's blockages and traumas via movement. And then if I can add this piece where I can also put my hands on them and help com- continue to facilitate that. I I wasn't sure when I had this idea how exactly I was going to bring that together, but it's, it's seeming to be very organic where, you know, during some sessions, I will have somebody move with me for about 45 minutes, maybe an hour. And I intend to also teach group classes where people can come together and, and learn this um, because myofascial release really is pretty simple. Um, and it's something that we can do to ourselves as well and as I had mentioned to you earlier you know part of my goal with healing is that I am not a healer I am simply a facilitator to help other people empower other people to heal themselves because at the end of the day if they have the time and money to see multiple therapists every day of their life they're never going to heal until they're empowered to heal themselves Mm. you know there are in my opinion there are no healers there are facilitators to help us reach a goal, but they're not doing the work for you, if that makes sense. So in Anima, you know, my goal is to to use movement and hands-on to help people move through blockages. And, and I was inspired mostly to work with women, but I'm actually attracting a lot of male clients, and I'm finding that I have a huge place for this too. Yeah, I guess I'm now I'm aiming to visualize what a session might look like <laughs> yeah. and you, you just like walk around the field or let's go run the track <laughs> let's climb that tree and then i'm gonna figure out we're gonna like <laughs> do a lot of like kind of like movement shaking maybe verbal there will be some sound mm-hmm. um you know in a in a class with women there will be a lot of sensual movement i love ground movement sensual movement um mixed with dance because again i really do want to tap into our primal sexuality. I think there is a, you know, we can use our, our sexual energy for anything that we want. We don't have to use it for sex. Yeah, that was my other thing when I was bringing up the Brad Pitt's, Tom Cruise's and yeah. such, the actors that had maybe more of the spotlight that mm-hmm. wasn't available to the general public, but now is available to anyone, to anyone really. Yeah. Um, the, another thing they also, I think, are masters in are channeling sexual energy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like the Brad Pitt <laughs> and Salma Hayek, for sure. <laughs> yeah, like, the, these people are ultra sexual in their tra- sensual, in tra- right? Sensual, sensual. And transmuting it in like a in yeah. a way that is not offensive, but more like right. And it goes to I don't it's know if magnetic. you've ever read Napoleon Hill's yeah. like Think and Grow Rich. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of people may have forgotten it. about the uh, his. My, what I remember is he says the most powerful energy for financial success is sexual, sexual energy, energy, not leaked yeah. but transmuted. Transmuted exactly, okay. and and it's I. Like, and that's what I want to, I'm, that's the energy I'm playing in right now is how can we take this energy to a, not just heal like our own wounds, but our ancestral wounds. You know, I think right now again with like the me too movement and things like that, we're in a place that we have an opportunity to shift what's been toxic in both male and female. And so let's, let's work with that energy instead of just being terrified of it. You know, I've spent years of my life being terrified of my own sexual energy. And now that I feel like I, it, there's a home for it that's safe, it's, it's really powerful what it can do within your own body and what you can create with that. It's the power of creation. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a big topic. In a uh, recent interview, I was 
talking about this, like the meme or the idea, like the daddy daughter talk, or like I had the mm. the talk, and the and the talk <laughs> is like usually when from the way I've seen it on TV shows mm. and stuff is like revolved around like the girl as a teenager, yeah. and I'm like, wait a minute. So first of all, is there this, this is idea current. you have to have one talk? And then the and second of done. all is the idea that it should start as a teenager. I'm like, right. this person was a sexual being when they were born. Yeah, <laughs> they were born through a sexual <laughs> channel, and I, yeah, I, it's it's very uh, it's weird. Culture and sexuality has a weird ha- weird stuff has been happening. Yes, <laughs> and I think that like to your point, like if if I had a child, like I wish someone had told me at a young age that. To, to trust my own intuition more around everything, including sexuality. You know, had somebody fed me that message instead of fear, I, I feel I was fed a lot of fear and like, this is what can happen to you. Um, and, and that I think only made me more curious, but not in a healthy way. You know, if we, if I was taught that like, if someone touches you and it doesn't feel good, you get to bow out or if, you know, if, if, if it doesn't feel good to you, you don't need to do that, you know? And, and therefore I felt, and I think a lot of women feel this, that we didn't know what felt good to us. We, we sort of were like deer in headlights as, as young adolescents. Yeah. Yeah. And I imagine there's an, th- that will be an element of forever, regardless of culture, mm. but the culture, I don't think is supporting making that less shocking. Our our no. past culture, the whole yeah, the well, way think, things are set up. Are like and think about a sex education. I don't know what you received in school, but I received like, if you do this, you're going to get pregnant. If you do this, you're going to have a disease. <laughs> if you, you know, it was fear, fear, fear. You know, nobody talked to us about the intimacy. What about intimacy? No one talked to us about intimacy and the energetic exchange of sex. You know, I don't know. Do you ever feel like? You ever taught about that? No, no. I think I remember like that. There's gonna be a video where we see a baby born, <laughs> and like <laughs> yeah. there's gonna. And then I also what I remember about this topic because I guess sex and drugs seem somehow to like the memes of both kind of mixed yeah. in my mind. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Um, I remember like people they showed us videos or told us things where marijuana is the most dangerous drug oh, the in the world, drug. and then yeah. everyone like I I never smoked marijuana at that point, <laughs> <laughs> and everyone was like that's not true they're just trying to scare us. And I'm like I don't know what to think. Uh, they, yeah. Like they said it's the most dangerous drug. In wow. The, that's like so. Anyways, yeah, I remember being highly like what is this? now looking back on it like what yeah. kind of matrix. It, what right. Kind of That's what is I, that? Yeah, like the messages that we were given around our sexuality are so damaging. That I had to watch. Yeah, I watched someone else's birth. First of all, I know birthing. Um, to me is one of the most sacred. Like it's like someone yeah, like di- birthing and di- dying. I don't seek. I don't search on Google. I don't seeing people being birthed or dying. Right, that to me it's like a place like you shouldn't be. That is the old like I that might be a place that I'm supposed to be when I'm supposed to be right, there, but not, not on YouTube. Just like a random. <laughs> right. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So the <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with all that. <laughs> well, I was just uh, touching on the point about um, the messaging. You know, I mean, breaking normal. Like, what's normal is to raise our children to be fearful of sex and their and their own sexuality. What if we raise children to to transmute their sexual energy for creation? That's also the the seed of our creative power. You know, and so when that's shut down what are we doing we're living in the matrix 
Yeah, and the cool thing is I think it's happening. I think it like, is. this podcast is a symbol of it. Us meeting yeah. and talking about it is a symbol of it. Our lifestyles and whoever else has been yes. involved in numbers is a symbol of it. And I guess it's more like, uh, for me, I'm like, so what do we do next? Yeah. Yeah, how do we make this mainstream, yeah. potentially? Then maybe that's the question. Maybe, uh, maybe that's, that's, the, that's question. the question. Hmm, I don't know if I have an answer <laughs> for that question. I, you know, in my own little tiny, tiny, tiny grain of sand way, um, feel like just living the unconventional lifestyle that I've lived and, and putting what I've put out into the, to the masses is, is my, the best thing I can do for educating people and, and helping people. And I guess if, you know, if we're all embracing that, we're all doing that kind of work, that eventually there will be a shift. And I agree with you. I think the time is, I think it is shifting. Yeah, that, yeah, that is, uh, that's what I'm realizing. I'm really feeling a strong, like, this is true, (laughs) (laughs) close to true, that it actually is happening. Yeah. And that maybe, uh, maybe if I'm going to project on, project onto you, and at least for myself, maybe like this borderline insatiable desire to keep th- aiming to spread the message is actually what's spreading it. And it is it is happening. Mm, and that it is It's happening, like happening, yeah. but maybe at a pace where it's hard to recognize for the people that are blazing the trail. Yes. And, and that is for me uh, on the inside. It feels I've often felt like Atlas pushing the rock up the hill. <laughs> you know, um, it's felt like a lonely difficult road and I sometimes wonder why I've made the decision to follow this path but it's I'm very passionate about it and I and I think that there is something so much deeper to to the pole dancing and the sensual movement um and I think as I think people are also it's shifting but people are also we're all kind of confused too like what's appropriate what's not appropriate how do we tap into our sexual energy in a way that's healthy you know, and I, th- I feel I feel for men in this situation. I think that you know men, because of feminism and and now all the women are making their own money, raising their own babies. You know, men have sort of lost their their place in this in this dynamic, and so now we're trying to find you know a healthy place for for that. I think you know men are men have it almost worse. <laughs> what what is your ideal like uh, vision of this? Oh. What would be like a, the, the kind of uti- utopian idea of what we're talking about? How men and women interacted as a whole, maybe as individuals? Hmm. Well, I have some... There's a huge piece of me that thinks that um, men need to be men, right? You, you guys are... We're, we're not the same. Men and women are not the same. And... I believe that men need to be given that space to kind of step up to a male role again that I think they've been emasculated out of to some extent. Um, so that sounds probably really 1950s. <laughs> but I, I don't know what it sounds, but it sounds like you have a, a resonance to it. So I'm, I I'm, do. I'm like, I want to encourage it. Uh, tell me, tell yeah, me what you think. I do. I'm like, oh, I this do sounds think pretty that cool so far. That, that <laughs> men like need to get back in touch with that like, primal masculinity and the role of the protector and part of the role of the protector is to protect the females of the society you know the women and the children and and the the men naturally want to provide and i'm not necessarily saying financially but this is you know there's a there's a an, a natural order that we're so out of balance right now and the poor women what i see what's happening with women is we're like burning out our root chakras because we're constantly 
worried about money, trying to support ourselves. And, and that's now pulling into the second chakra and pulling out of the creativity. So now, and our femininity, right? And then, so the sexuality and femininity are getting screwed. And so if, if men could sort of support this, that providing role, then I think the women will blossom and rise up and then the men will rise up. Does that make sense at all? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, oh, okay. I definitely, I think you're describe. so I, yeah, so we're going to be judgmental. Yeah, um, and I'm I, sure I'll get some backlash <laughs> on that. But. Maybe. I'd be happy to hear it, I guess. Uh, yeah, that's good feedback to me. Um, but I think somehow for me and Deanna that we're both a bit more tilted. Like I think I'm a tilted more towards like a na- – like in my natural state, it's a more masculine state. Okay. In her state, it's more of a natural feminine, feminine state, yeah. and which creates a lot of like chemistry and polarity and maybe yeah. like stuff we get to work through. But yeah, your description is pretty much how I want things that I mm. that I trust okay. things are, are supposed to be in a way. Yeah. That's like the natural state. There's a natural order yeah. to feminine yeah. and masculine energy, and I think the masculine is becoming more. What I see with a lot of men right now is I do think the masculine is becoming a more in touch with their feminine side, but they're also becoming more accepting of the range of what the feminine is. It's dark. It's chaotic. The it's ocean. crazy. It's like the ocean. We snow yeah. the ocean, the full ocean. <laughs> right. I have no idea. Right. I, I, it's I, changing minute are, to minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, I, that's such a big topic for big me. Topic. I'd love to know if you have a parable or a metaphor. I imagine the ultimate like balance mm. of what we're like the epitome of the picture of what we're talking about yeah. is like the sailor in like the stormiest of seas like so on the man the, is the sailor yeah yeah okay. like he's like sailing a boat <laughs> and just like all in on not sure what but he is fully committed, committed. to well, I love controlling this. to being somewhat to be somewhat in control to like control this ship somehow okay, have okay. control of this ship somehow aim to have it in the uncontrollable sea. I was going to say cuz there's no controlling the sea so yeah, he's yeah. just doing so his best so he's doing his best to, to balance to, in the yeah. chaos can I balance, and can I lead other people to be balanced? Mm. And yes, this is chaos. Yes. And, and the next day, it could be the best waves you've ever seen, like the right. prettiest it's barrels so you've ever seen. And then it might be flat, and then it might rage in a way that the best thing to do is just aim to find balance. Well, and surfing is a great analogy to, to navigating the waters of femininity. <laughs> you know, because when you're in the water, when you're you're at the whim of, of Mother Nature mm-hmm. in there. And the best you can hope to do is to catch and ride a beautiful wave, but you might get demolished by <laughs> in the impact zone for a while while trying to do so. Yep, yep. And, that, and that's why I think, like, sometimes it can be argued the best surfers are the ones that have the most fun. Mm. Because it's, yeah, there's <laughs> it would be tricky to judge the unknown. Yes, yes. How can you do that? You can't. <laughs> Well, it's, uh, I'm I'm stoked to be dropping in with you, and I, I guess, do you have anything, if people want to reach out to you, okay. or if they want to figure out what you've experienced in their own way, yeah. um, if it's not physically possible for them to be in your presence, I don't yes. know exactly everything you have going on, but yeah. if you have any ideas for people to consider moving forward, mm. I'd love to know about it. Especially if they're inspired by this conversation. Yeah, if they're inspired by this conversation, well, my, you know, my advice to everyone in life is to keep moving. Like just, you know, taking time to freely move in your body is something that I think that another thing we're out of touch with people in stone a little bit more, but, um, move in a way that feels good to you. Sing, like 
do things that feel good in your body regardless of how ridiculous you look. That's one thing I, I teach in my classes is just a natural movement. And, um, you know, if, if, if you need guidance, like you can find me on my website, on my social media, onomaflow, onomaflow.net. Um, and I'm happy to guide, like you said, even from afar, I can guide. I do a lot of uh, FaceTime sessions with people um and if you want to come to Sedona <laughs> there's a, it's beautiful here so definitely come here um and if you're interested in sensual movement um you know there's there is a power to it I I would suggest finding a local studio if you you know if you want a live class there's a lot of pole dancing studios like and I'm happy to give you references if, if people want references um and uh but I'm also going to be here and traveling and doing workshops. So, awesome! Well, I, I, yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see where what this creates. These all these seeds that we planted yeah. and the fruits that we explored. And, and um, yeah, happy that um, the synchronicity of spring water brought us together. <laughs> yes, that's a big deal in my book. Yeah, um, I love that. Yeah, I've I've now met like a people from. A st- I don't know if it was that day that you were there, but I've I've met uh, I met a guy in a spring in the Big Island of Hawaii. Okay. In a very remote place. I mean, Waiapio Valley, if anyone, and that's a place to re- definitely respect and explore before just committing going there. And uh, I I saw him here the other day, the same place where I met oh, you, kidding. and I'm just like, wow. Yeah, the source. Yeah, the source. <laughs> the I love source. that. That's like charge your up. Charge, charge up. up. <laughs> yeah. This is weird. Well, it's uh, wonderful getting weird with you and breaking yeah. normal. And yeah, he, uh, I trust this will get more people to break normal uh, for women empowerment. And, you know, we talked masculine and feminine. Yeah. That includes both men and women. So, yeah, find that. Find your balance, even in the chaotic seas, and see if you can have fun while you're doing it. <laughs> and don't be afraid to get weird. Like that, that's yeah. that's my advice too. Is like you know, get like when we were little, we used to move freely without barriers. Like that's what we need to tap into. Yep, yep. Now and now we're doing it. Yeah, we are. Now we're doing it. <laughs> All right, much love, y'all. Peace. This boy and girl are going to be well equipped when the time comes to take their places as worthy members of adult society.